having really freaking good content and being really consistent and having patience. Again, those are prerequisites. <laughs> you know, you have to have those things, but alone, they're not going to be enough. Are you an impact driven entrepreneur, influencer, or thought leader who wants to use podcasting to build authority, increase your influence, and scale your brand? Welcome to the Podcasting for Influence podcast, where you will learn the tips and strategies on how you can take your impact, influence, and business to the next level by utilizing podcasting, one of the most powerful media in the world today. I'm your host, Tibor Nod, a former architect turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Welcome back, my friend, to the Podcasting for Influence podcast. I'm super excited for you to listen to today's episode called How to Grow Your Show Like a Pro with the one and only Kevin Schmidlin, host of the Grow the Show podcast. In today's episode, Kevin and I talk about the key principles of growing a podcast like a pro, and Kevin shares very specific, actionable tips on what to do right now to grow your audience by at least 50% a month. So if you want to learn how to do just that, you definitely want to stick around. But before I introduce today's guest and we jump right in the middle, I wanted to let you know that I and my team, we not only help impact-driven entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and influencers just like you launch their authority-building podcast, but we also provide done-for-you podcast services such as audio and video editing, graphic design, writing services, and so much more. So if you are someone who is just thinking about starting your show and you need help with that, or you are an established podcaster who is looking to outsource podcast editing and other techie and time-consuming tasks, I would highly encourage you to check out our podcast services at mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast services. That's mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast services. If you want to have a call with me where I can answer your questions related to launching your show, post-production or marketing, I would highly recommend you book a 30-minute free strategy call with me at mindsethorizon.com forward slash free call. That's mindsethorizon.com forward slash free call. All right, so my guest today is Kevin Schmidlin, who is the founder of Grow the Show, which helps independent podcasters double their audience and monetize in 90 days. Kevin's journey as a podcaster began in 2018 when he launched his first podcast, Philly Who. Within three months, Kevin quit his corporate job to be a full-time podcaster, and within a year, the niche podcast garnered over 100,000 downloads and generated over $100,000 in revenue. Kevin then began producing and advising for media companies, including Comcast, NBC Universal, iHeartRadio, and Religion of Sports. After two years as an independent podcaster, Kevin launched the Grow the Show Podcast Accelerator, a 90-day program that supercharges podcasts. Each week, Kevin's lessons on how to grow and monetize can be found for free on the Grow the Show Podcast. If you want to find out more about today's guest, then check out the free resources and detailed show notes. Simply visit our website, podcastingforinfluence.com. That's podcastingforinfluence.com. You can also watch these interviews on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Mindset Horizon. That's youtube.com forward slash Mindset Horizon. 
So without any further ado, my friend, please enjoy today's episode with the one and only Kevin Schmidlin. Kevin, welcome to the Podcasting for Influence podcast. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. I'm super excited, man. We will geek out on podcasting a little bit today. And uh, I want to focus on uh, growing your show and uh, increasing your influence as a podcaster or a business owner. Oftentimes, as I've mentioned before, I hit the record button. I, I want to think about entrepreneurs who want to utilize podcasting as a content marketing tool to generate business opportunities, to build their authority in their space and increase their influence. But I would love to start with your journey because I feel that, oh my goodness. So I listened to your podcast, obviously, Grow the Show. And I think so many podcasters can relate to your story. And obviously, they can listen to your whole story because you have a almost one hour solo episode on your show. Um, you telling about your story of, you know, starting Philly Who and then starting the Grow the Show podcast. So talk to us a little bit more about the journey. And more importantly, you know, what are some of the struggles that you are experiencing as a podcaster when it came to growing the show or monetizing the show? Yeah, absolutely. So I started my very first podcast in 2018. At the time, I was a low-level software developer at a big health insurance company. Wasn't so passionate about health insurance software, but it paid the bills. Um, but I was passionate about my home city of Philadelphia here in the States. And so had the inspiration to create a podcast that's essentially like NPR's How I Built This, but for successful Philadelphia people, musicians and founders and authors and you know civic folks. And so had the idea for the show, used the internet, used YouTube to learn how to, you know, how do I start my feed? How do I interview? What mic do I use? That sort of thing. You know, what we all do as podcasters, we learn on YouTube and via tutorials and stuff. And then launched the show a couple months later. And at first it went super, super well. Um, I got like 250 downloads on day one. It, you know, my personal network on Instagram blew it up. I uh, got some word of mouth and I thought, okay, I've figured it out. I'm this amazing podcaster. Uh, I'm going to do this full time. And so I, two months after launching the show uh, with only a handful of downloads, although they were trending up. Uh, I left my full-time job. I said, this is it. I'm going to take the leap. I had a bunch of savings lined up because I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I said, this is it. I figured it out. Let's go. And so for the three months after I left a full-time job, things were great, right? I got to spend my days and nights just interviewing incredible Philadelphians. I did a ton of editing on the show, you know, a lot of TLC into each episode. Spent tons of time making audiograms, which back in 2018, people would see the audiogram and be like, whoa, this is so cool, like on their Instagram feed. And But it took tons of time. I was writing the captions myself and doing the little animations and everything. But very soon reality set in. So it was only five or six months after leaving the full-time job, we're talking maybe eight months after the podcast launched, that what I call the launch buzz of the show faded. And word of mouth stopped because people only really spread the word on a podcast when they just find out about it. You don't really ever say, hey, I've been listening to this podcast for six months. You say, oh my gosh, I just discovered this podcast this week. You should listen to it. And so if word of mouth like stops, it stops. It, you know, It's something that has to keep self-perpetuating. So if your show's not growing, you're not going to get word of mouth. So that stopped. My personal network on Instagram was totally tapped out. Um, so I didn't know how to get strangers to find out about my podcast. And I also had no idea how to monetize it. So I was in this position where I had no idea how to actually grow my show, how to get new listeners. Uh, I had already left the corporate gig a couple months ago, so my savings were running out, and I had just no clue how to actually make any money. And so it, it got pretty darn close, and I had some account overdraws, and you know I had to like do a little freelance tech work, but 
in the end, what I decided to do was actually put my show on hold. So I broke the almighty consistency, make sure you release an episode every week rule. And I put Philly Who on hiatus for like six weeks. And I just studied as much as I possibly could about how to actually grow a podcast, right? So I took a weekend and listened to every single podcast in the top 100 on iTunes and said, what are these shows doing? Like, how are they uh, getting new listeners? How are they doing calls to action? How are they doing intros? And I noticed some patterns. Um, And I also took a bunch of courses, read tons of books, got in touch with some experts and got advice from them, just like kind of working my network, just if I could ask one question, you know, what would it be, that sort of thing. And after like six months of essentially completely full-time trying to figure out how to grow and monetize a podcast, what I learned is that the internet is very, very good at teaching us how to launch a show, right? How to do the, create the feed, how to, what microphone to use, like the basics. It's great at that. And there's a lot of people who have successfully launched a podcast. So there's a lot of people that are teaching others how to launch a podcast, right? Makes sense. However, the internet is actually really, really, really bad at teaching us how to grow a podcast. So how do we get it so that we get more listeners each and every month? And it's also really bad at teaching us how to monetize because the internet tends to teach us that you need 10,000, 25,000, 100,000 downloads to advertise, to have advertisers, right? But advertisement is not, number one, not the only way to monetize a show. And number two, my argument, what I've learned is that you can't wait until you get to 10,000 downloads to monetize you're not gonna get to 10,000 downloads unless you monetize because the show takes money and energy and your time, which you need money for, to get to that point, right? So what I, like, I learned that, yes, the internet can help you launch, but when it comes to growth, everything that the internet says is kind of backwards. And so had this realization brought Philly Who back, said, okay, I'm gonna change the way I do things. And then within a year, was able to take my local show about my home city past 100,000 downloads and $100,000 monetized as well. Um, And then since then, I've been on a journey to just help as many other podcasters do the same thing. (laughs) And that's how Grow the Show was born. That's pretty amazing. First off, congratulations. Oh, thanks. That's that's really great. And there are a couple of things that I want to get back to. First and foremost, you talk a lot about the misconceptions that we have. and, And there's one thing that you've mentioned is consistency. So people say, you know, be consistent with your show and then maybe be patient as well. But if you're going in the in the wrong direction, maybe it's not going to be helpful, like just being consistent with your show. So what are some of the misconceptions that you had and what are some of the biggest learnings that you discovered when it comes to growing the show? So you're absolutely right. We are taught by the internet that consistency is king, right? And that if you're just consistent and you're patient, if you build it, they will come but that is absolutely not the case. And what actually winds up happening is that podcasters get burnt out because they're like, I'm consistent, I'm being patient, and I'm just gonna grind and release an episode every week for three years, (laughs) and they still don't get any new listeners. And so consistency and patience alone are not enough. And I can't tell you how many podcasters now reach out and they're like, I've been so consistent, why don't I have new listeners? Well, podcasting doesn't have built-in discoverability, so it's not like if you just put it out onto the internet, people are going to find it. That's just not how it works. And so what I've learned is that we as podcasters actually have to take ownership of audience growth. We have to make it our job to go get, to go find these listeners and make them find out about our show. They're not like, we can't just put out good content and expect people to find it. It just does not work that way. The other thing that the internet teaches us to do is to have your guests post, right? Like when you have a guest, have them share on their social media. But number one, Guests don't really do that anymore because there are just so many podcasts and these people are on so many podcasts that if they did that, then they would be making four posts a week. Check me out on this podcast. Check me out on that podcast. And so they don't do that. And then even when they do post about your episode, 
uh, they're only able to reach like what one to 10% of their followers on social anyway. So nobody sees it. So all this stuff doesn't work. But what I've learned does work is a couple things that we can go into, you know, any of it because there's a few. Yeah. Consistency yeah. and patience are key. You do have to have those, but alone they're not enough. What you need is number one, a really specific definition of your target listener. And this one is another, this is actually one thing that the internet gets right. A lot of podcast experts and a lot of people out there say you need to niche down, you need to be specific about your listener. And that's absolutely true because if we try to be broad and we try to say, I want to reach anyone who blank, uh, it's just too vague. And number one, when somebody finds your show, they're not going to hear their truth in your show. You have to get really specific and they have to have the feeling, oh my God, this is me. This is made for me. If your show doesn't invoke that feeling, then the only way it's going to grow is with mass distribution. And that's why like celebrities can kind of get away with a general show because they already have a huge audience, but we don't have that. So we can't do that. So number one, really specific uh, listenership definition. The word rule of thumb that I use there is you should define your audience in terms of blanks, who blank, and blank. And they must satisfy all three of whatever those rules are in order to be considered your audience, right? And it's hard to do that. And most people resist that because they wanna, but I wanna appeal to everyone, right? But in appealing to everyone, you appeal to no one. Um, and you should really, like, as you're defining your audience, try to have the feeling, man, I think this is too niche. I think this audience is too small. Yeah. And that's when you've just begun to be specific enough. So that's number one. And then the second piece is something that I call targeted daily engagement. This is my entire framework for how to get traffic to your podcast, how to grow your audience online. Um, there's four main pillars to it. But in a nutshell, the idea is every single day, minimum of 15 minutes, maximum of an hour if you really want to get into it. But most people don't do that much. Um, 15 minutes a day with really, really intentional engagement on social media. So most people, what do they do on social media? They consume, right? 90% of humanity, just scroll, 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 new TikToks, new TikToks. Holy crap, I've been doing this for four hours. Most podcasters, what they do is they publish, right? So there's three things you can do on social media, S scroll or consume, publish, post, 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 and engage, which is when you actually comment and interact with other people on social media. Everybody skips engagement. They skip it. And so what podcasters do is publish, 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 publish. Here's my audiogram. New episode this week. Here's an IGTV video. <laughs> those are good. Again, we we don't want to stop doing those things, right? We Like just with consistency, we don't want to stop being consistent, but those things are alone aren't going to do it. Yep. What will do it is 15 minutes a day of engagement. Be thoughtful in the comments, on hashtags, in Facebook groups. Don't promote participate, right? Answer questions, help people out, celebrate their wins. And if you do that 15 minutes a day, on average, you will see 25% monthly audience growth. And that is average. So more than, well, so half people, <laughs> half of people do better than that. And a lot of folks who start TDE, as we call it, targeted daily engagement, usually see 50 to 100% audience growth for their first few months. Um, and what's crazy is that you see that type of growth and that type of return while actually spending less time on social media than you are now and not getting any new listeners. So those are the two main things that that I learned. And like I said, once I learned that, Philly Who exploded. I've since done it with Grow the Show, which is, you know, blown up in six months. Um, and I've helped, you know, countless other podcasters do the same thing. Um, and it just works like it. And it doesn't take that much time and it takes no money. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I definitely want to get back to your experience with Philly Who and Grow the Show because do you feel that the Grow the Show is more, much more, let's say, so specific than Philly Who? Because you kind of like implemented this learning, like being more specific and niching down with with a with a podcast. And and what does it what does it actually look like for you? 
That's a fantastic question. Philly Who was super broad at first, and I kind of fell into this knowledge, right? Learned it kind of not the hard way, but well, yeah, the hard way. <laughs> and so Philly Who tells the stories of the doers, thinkers, and performers of Philadelphia. And one would think that, oh, people who live in Philadelphia, that's niche enough, right? Wrong. So I didn't change the show. Like I didn't say Philly Who is for entrepreneurs who want like that's, I didn't really change the positioning of the show. What I changed and, and what helped me actually unlock this was simply my targeting, right? So there's a difference between who the show is positioned for, like like saying in the intro, this show is for uh, entrepreneurs in Philly, or this show is for people who are passionate about Philly. You know, I don't even say that, but when I go out and get my new listeners, who do I target? I target entrepreneurs in Philadelphia or people who are just ambitious and want to be successful and want to hear, you know, the stories of those who have. So a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of musicians, you know, folks that are entertainers that want to make it big. And then the other audience that I found for Philly Who, just kind of like backing into this uh, knowledge was people who are really civic minded, right? Really like love the city, love not necessarily the politics, but love like the urban life and the history of Philly and, um, you know, social justice, that kind of thing, and want to hear stories of people who have overcome adversity. And so those kind of go hand in hand, like, you know, becoming successful and overcoming adversity. So for Philly Who, those are kind of my two target audiences. Um, but for most podcasts, I recommend only having one. And so for Grow the Show, you'll, if you listen to the two shows, like Philly Who doesn't say in the intro who the show is for. It's just who I sort of point the show at and who I go out and get and bring into the show's world. That's how I define them. For Grow the Show, if you listen to the intro, I say like, this is Grow the Show, the podcast that helps you grow your podcast. This show is for independent podcasters who want to learn how to grow and monetize their show without having a huge audience or a huge budget, right? So I say that and call that out. So there's really two different ways to do it. Both in both ways, I have a really specific target audience. Um, but in one, I don't really call it out on the show. It's just kind of if you were, you know, behind the scenes and you saw how we were going about getting new listeners, what Facebook groups were in, you know, what PR we're trying to get, like, you know, what media we're trying to get featured in. It's based off of that target. Whereas on Grow the Show, I just straight up say it, and that you know does a little bit more self selection uh, where podcasts find it and they're like, oh, this is for me. So it can go either way, but either but in both cases. You want to have a super specific idea of your target listener. Yeah, even even the title of the show or the name of the show, it cannot be more specific. Grow the show, grow the show, right? So that's that's a very specific domain. That's a very specific name. I immediately know that this podcast is for me if I'm struggling with growing the show, right? Or if I want to grow the show. And I'm curious uh, in terms of engagement and maybe increasing your influence over those people or community, because I can imagine that Grow the Show has a much more engaged community, but I, I don't know. This is my assumption right now, right? So as you were building your audience and your community around the podcast, where do you feel stronger engagement or more influence over those people? Definitely with Grow the Show, and that's because I built in audience engagement from the start. Whereas with Philly Who, I didn't know I didn't know to do that. And so Philly Who actually has been on hiatus since June of 2020, as I've been building out Grow the Show, because I'm a big believer in focusing on one thing at a time. And so, and Philly Who is actually going to return this May. So it'll have gone away for a year as I focus on Grow the Show. Now Grow the Show is in good shape, so I can do both shows. Um, and as part of the relaunch of Philly Who, I'm going to be introducing uh, a place for listeners of Philly Who to interact with each other. With Grow the Show, I learned ahead, of, like before launching Grow the Show, I learned that that's very important from the start. It's key to for you to be able to have a touch point with your listeners via a Facebook group, via your email list, 
um, you know, a, a Discord channel, whatever it is, yeah. you want to get people into a place where they can interact with you and interact with each other. And that can either be for free. It could be a paid tier if you do Supercast or Patreon. Um, but either way, that's what you want. And that's what's going to foster engagement. So for Philly Who, I actually don't have that right now. And I'm going to have to build that when I relaunch the show, even though the show's been around for, th you know, three years and, you know, has all these downloads. I still never established that touch point. So I really you know, don't have any way to contact all those listeners of Philly Who. Uh, other than hoping that, you know, they're still subscribed in the app. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm going to have my work cut out for me to rebuild that. Uh, and that's just from not knowing that when I first started. What is up, my friend? I hope you're enjoying today's episode, but let me just pause the show for a second because I have a special announcement for you. I don't know if you noticed, but I and my team provide different services in the podcasting space. We not only help impact-driven entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and influencers just like you launch their authority-building podcast, but we also provide done-for-you podcast services such as audio and video editing, graphic design, writing services, and so much more. So if you're someone who is just thinking about starting your show and you need help with that, or you're an established podcaster who is looking to outsource podcast editing and other techy and time-consuming tasks, I would highly encourage you to check out our podcast services at mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast services. That's mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast services. If you want to have a call with me where I can answer your questions related to launching your show, post-production or marketing, I would highly recommend you book a 30-minute free strategy call with me at mindsethorizon.com forward slash free call. That's mindsethorizon.com forward slash free call. I look forward to talking to you very soon. And now let's get back to today's conversation. But with Grow the Show, engagement is way, way, way higher because there is a totally free Facebook group where, you know, at the end of every Grow the Show episode, I recap what that episode has taught. And then I say, if you'd like specific, if you'd like help with this thing, like if let's say we do an episode about uh, creating social media content, that's the one that I worked on this morning, uh, you know, creating those IGTV videos and stuff like that, because we still want to do it. Um, and the episode lays out three steps for how to... Uh, strategize your social media content for your personal brand for a podcaster. Um, step one, step two, step three. Here are the three pieces of content. And so what I'm going to say at the end of that episode is if you would like for me to help you or for my community of 400 really talented podcasters to help you with your content and give you feedback, hop into the free Facebook group and, you know, we can give you feed, you know, give you specific advice on your content. And so the listener says, oh my gosh, that's awesome. I want that. They hop into the Facebook group and now I have a way to communicate with that listener outside of the show. And by the way, they also give me their email when they join the Facebook group and that adds them to the email list. And so I have two ways to reach them and then, you know, have that interaction and have that engagement. So it's up to the podcaster to build that infrastructure for you to engage with your listeners after they have subscribed to your show. And that's, like I said, I didn't know that with Philly Who, so I don't actually have that quite yet. And I have to go back and build that. Yeah, that's that's really, really great. And I think, you know, the more specific the audience, the bigger influence you can have over them, meaning they are interested in what you have to say and offer. So they are everybody is interested. Grow the show. It's specific. I know what to expect from the show. I can join the group. But more importantly, the listeners that listen to the podcast, they are they have these same struggles, have these same desires and so on and so forth. So everybody is, you know, 
interested and engaged and they join and you have influence over those people you have a positive impact so yeah i definitely had that experience with i my first podcast was the mindset horizon podcast super broad <laughs> mindset entrepreneurship overcoming fear blah 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 uh, i interviewed everybody like anybody from all around the world you know no specific location uh, maybe we can talk about that as well. But more importantly, then I had the podcast interview mastery. And what I'm trying to say is that I have Facebook groups for both shows. And when I had a call to action on my Mindset Horizon podcast, joined the Facebook group, like no one or just, you know, very limited number of people were taking action. And with the podcast interview mastery, that was a little bit more specific, actually could have been more specific but people took action. So I had this call to action, joined a Facebook group. And since they were podcasters uh, interested in um, improving their interviewing skills, they kind of like joined because I always ask, you know, when they joined a Facebook group, okay, where did you hear about the group? And then they said, you know, on the podcast or such things. So long story short, the more specific, the more engaged, more influence. So, and then from there you can grow the show or build, build it. Yeah. And, and I would add to that, like, it's a, it's a, Particularly, like the importance of being hyper specific is is more so early on in your audience building journey. Like as you go and as you start with one specific thing, one specific group, and you crush it with those people, then you can start to branch out and do other things. Because people have to know know you as the go to for one thing before they're going to think of you for anything else. And so that's why, like, it's not bad to have a broad show. And obviously, some of the biggest podcasts in the world are super broad. But every one of those people when they first started out doing whatever they were doing were the go-to for that one thing. You literally name any any podcaster that's super broad uh, and wasn't just like put on TV, you know, when they were a kid or something. They all started with something really insanely specific. They were the blank person. Uh, and then they were able to grow past that and do other things. Whereas most of us with no audience try to skip to that part where, you know, we wanna be seen as multi-passionate people and we're well-rounded, we have all these interests. But we can't start there because that's just not going to resonate with anyone. And so that's why it's so important to start out super niche from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, last year, basically, I had this idea of rebranding my shows. And I also asked, my, asked myself this question, you know, what do I want to be known for, right? So uh, it was in the podcasting space, but I was like, do I want to be known for interview mastery? And And actually, that idea came from creating amazing content. And that's, I feel just one piece of the equation like creating super awesome content i think you can talk to that point as well because you were spending yeah. a lot of time on editing shows and stuff yeah but that's just so, one piece right it is one piece but i would say it's a prerequisite like your stuff has to be really freaking good <laughs> and like if that makes you nervous then that means that your stuff isn't really freaking good and you need to work harder at that because like you know th like that having really freaking good content and being really consistent and having patience, again, those are prerequisites. <laughs> you know, you have to have those things, but alone, they're not going to be enough. And so there are people who have all three things and never get any attention because they don't know that you also have to take audience growth seriously, take ownership of it and go do it yourself in addition to all this stuff. Um, because, yeah, like you can't just, you know, have a conversation and not edit it and be, you know, kind of all over the place because really like, you know, 
you know, how, what percentage of a given conversation that you have is super, super, super valuable to people. Um, what I, one thing that I sort of stumbled into with Philly Who, Philly Who is a very heavily edited show. I modeled it off of how I built this with Guy Raz, which is insanely heavily edited and it's very narrative, right? And it's, it's like every single second of that show from the very beginning had a purpose. It was there for a reason. And I, you know, <laughs> was spending 20, 40 hours editing each episode, which I don't recommend is not what I would do, you know, with the tools that exist today. And like with what I know now, you don't have to spend that much time on it. It's not a function of time. What it's a function of is, okay, if someone tunes in, they have no idea who I am, right? So it's not inherently valuable what I have to say. If I just absolutely blow them away with an incredibly good podcast, an incredible story for Philly Who, or in Grow the Show's case, if I blow them away with tactics that that they will implement today and see demonstrable results within a week, if I do the work to make sure that it's delivered and taught in a way that will get them results immediately, then I'm going to have immense influence because they're just going to be like, who is this guy? This is amazing. And that is what has worked for me with both of those shows. So that's what I recommend to everyone. Like I hear so many podcasts like, oh, I don't want to edit. I don't want to spend too much time on this. And I'm like, then great. You shouldn't spend any time on this. You should be willing to spend a lot of time on it or no time on it. Because if you are, if you're like, oh, I don't want to edit, I'll just put it out there. It's just a authentic conversation. No, it's not going to work because nobody knows who you are, right? The reason why, uh, like Tim Ferriss can have a four hour conversation is because he has given so much value to the world that it is inherently valuable to hear what he has to say for four hours. Everything he says because he's Tim Ferriss is valuable. We don't have that, right? For the vast majority of the population, except for maybe a couple thousand of people, it's not interesting what Kevin Schmidlin has to say for four hours. It's more, what is this going to do for me? And so my recommendation is everyone to position your show like that. Do the work early on to just completely blow your listeners away. And then they're going to be like, you got to hear about this guy or, or this gal or this person. Uh, and then that's how you get to the point where then people will listen to you talk for three hours, right? <laughs> it's not the other way around. Anyway, that's my little rant about quality. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's amazing. And I think, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really good tip to how to stand out. So be specific, uh, have a niche, and also the quality of the content, audio quality, especially in saturated markets like the US or the English speaking podcasting world, I would say. So, so that's that's really important. So on the podcast interview mastery, we talked a little bit more about content, uh, quality of the content, and more specifically, the conversations, the interviews that you're having. So we talked about that kind of the first step, niching down, having a quality show. And then the second that you've mentioned is when it comes to growing the show is using social media, you know, posting and, and then the engagement how did you call it targeted daily engagement, right? Targeted TDE, daily. targeted daily engagement. Yeah, that is my framework for growing a show. And like I said, it's what you know people see 50, 100% month over month growth just by implementing it tomorrow. <laughs> and you don't have to join my program to do it. Like just listen to like, I think it's episode eight of my podcast. It takes me 20 minutes to explain it. And then I've seen people grow their audience 60% in one month just from listening to that one podcast episode. And then they spread the word on grow the show. But yes, TDE, targeted daily engagement. That's how you do it. Absolutely. Most podcasters publish, they share. You know, because I had this question in my mind, is social media working? Is social media a good tool to grow a podcast, for example, in general, right? So that's kind of like a big question that I, I have nowadays, because what I usually do is I share the episode, right? I would say I engage in Facebook groups, but maybe it's not that intentional uh, from a, a show growth perspective. So I'm not there with the intention of, 
okay, so I'm going to grow the show. So what does that intention look like when you are, you know, having this in mind that, okay, so I'm going to do this targeted daily engagement? That's a great question. And the intention is not necessarily to get people to listen to your podcast. I mean, it can be <laughs> why you're doing it, but the intention in the, the overall interactions, like the micro interactions is not to get people to listen to your podcast. And so here's what you do. A couple of prerequisites of targeted daily engagement. Number one, you need to set up your profile so that it drives people to the podcast, right? And so uh, it just, no question they're going to land on your Facebook profile, your LinkedIn profile, your Instagram profile, and the bio is going to say, I am the host of this podcast, which teaches you this or which explores this and it's for this, like just super specific, super catchy, no vague marketing terms and don't have eight other things that you do. A lot of people in their Instagram bio will say, I'm the founder of this, the co-founder of that. I'm into music. I'm a dad. I'm a mom. Too many things, super confusing. Again, we wanna be seen as super well-rounded people, but you're just not gonna get that across in 140 characters. It's gonna take more time. So just give them the one thing that you want them to do. List, like for me, it mine says, my podcast teaches you how to grow your audience and monetize in 90 days. Click here to learn right now. And people do. So first you set up your profile to just drive people to the podcast right away. Nothing else, nothing more. Don't be afraid. Your profile is where you promote, where you can sell. Then you go out into the internet, into social media, and you engage 15 minutes a day. And there's four ways to do that. And there are, and these four ways is what's going to make your podcast audience explode. Number one is to go engage in what we call the watering holes. That's where we take our super, super specific listener definition, right? We've already done that work. So that's another prerequisite. Super, super specific listener definition. And we say, where are these people, right, going online to interact with each other right now? So for me, for Grow the Show, where are independent podcasters currently going on the internet, independent podcasters who have already launched and who are struggling with growth, right? Blanks who blank and blank. Where are they going right now to interact with each other? In my case, that's a couple subreddits. That's Facebook groups. That's clubhouse rooms. And so you go there but you don't promote, you participate. That's it. You just add value, participate, answer questions, celebrate people's wins, be thoughtful, share your opinion. That's it. Don't even link to your show because people in particularly in Facebook groups are so, so sensitive to being self-promotional that as soon as you do anything like that, people are like, oh, get them out. And that's what most people, most podcasters join a Facebook group. They check a box that says, I will not be self-promotional. And then what do they do? They're self-promotional, right? They, they post the link to their podcast. They break the rules. It's like, you just said you weren't going to do that. And why would we listen to your podcast? You just broke the one rule you agreed to in order to get in. <laughs> so what if instead you join the group and you just start, you know, commenting on people's stuff, being super helpful, sharing your story, sharing your knowledge, those and helping them and being valuable and participating instead of promoting, then people are going to be like, oh, who's this T-Board guy? Oh my God, look, he's got a podcast. I got to check this out. Boom. You just got a listener for life. Then they're going to start listening to your show and they're going to be like, man, this is amazing. I'm so excited. I found this. And then you're going to have influence over them. That's watering holes. Number two is hashtags. Same thing on Instagram. Your that target listener is identifying themselves on the hashtags that they put on their posts. So in my case, podcaster, podcaster life, new episode, these different things. And so you go to the hashtag, you go to the new post, not the, not the, you know, popular ones, because those are old and it's not going to work. Go to the new post. And this is just borrowing from Gary V's $1.80 method. He says to do 90 posts a day, leave your two cents. That adds up to $1.80. I think 90 is a lot. <laughs> it's a little intense. Um, let's do 10. Find 10 posts. Uh, that your future listeners have posted regarding your topic. They've put a hashtag on it and comment on their post, participating, not promoting, just 
Be thoughtful. Don't just put like the 100 emoji or like, yes, or this or needed this today. Don't do that. Do something thoughtful. It's better to comment something thoughtful than to comment anything, you know, it's better to not comment anything at all than to comment something not thoughtful. So that's one and two watering holes where people interact with each other in the comments of your future listeners posts. Just go comment something thoughtful. And so that's how number those two are how you go shake hands with your future listeners one on one. And they're like, oh, my gosh, who's this person? This is amazing. The last two are how you then get the attention and get uh, to collaborate with people who have already assembled your future audience, uh, right? So people who are kind of in the same space. We call it the Dream 100, to borrow from Russell Brunson, right? Name 100 people who are a couple chapters ahead of you and have already collected the audience that you want to have. So for me, that's like Pat Flynn, that's Tim Ferriss, you know, big time podcasters. You pick 100 of those, you follow them on social media, and every single time they post, you engage with them. It's actually them posting, right? It's not just some team. We all think that famous people have this, you know, team, uh, that's just doing all their social. It's not, it's them. And so what you do is just comment thoughtfully on their posts and you're gonna start to build a relationship with those people and you will be amazed how much quicker you can get those people on your podcast and how much quicker they're gonna wanna collaborate with you if you start engaging with them on social media instead of just waiting for some magical perfect moment to cold pitch them, right? Like when you get their email or something, that doesn't work. They have hired people to literally deflect that type of stuff. Uh, so instead, interact with them, build a relationship, and then usually within a week or two, you can, you know, they will see you as somebody who is a valued member of, of their community who didn't ask them for anything. And then when you do finally pitch, they're going to be like, yeah, absolutely. I've seen your name all the time. I know who you are. I know how you add value. Let's do this thing. And so the fourth piece is you do the same thing, but with journalists and not just traditional journalists. That's other podcasters, right? You are a journalist by having me on the show. Like you are, you know, reporting on how to master interviewing, how to master influence, that sort of thing. So whenever a creator who has access to your future audience, it could be a traditional reporter, it could be a podcaster, a blogger, whenever they share good work, share their work to your audience and tag the creator, not the outlet. So for example, one of my uh, podcast accelerator students, Eric Schlein, wanted to be featured in Business Insider. His, he has a podcast about investing. And so we said targeted daily engagement, start to engage with the reporters in the investing world. So he picked one reporter, his favorite reporter for Business Insider, and just started engaging with him on Twitter. Whenever this reporter had a new article, Eric would share it and say, great article by, you know, reporter X. Uh, and he, he would say, the reporter would be like, oh my gosh, thanks for sharing. Then the week later, that reporter uh, put out an article about Warren Buffett and Verizon or something. I don't know much about investing, so I don't know the specifics. But Eric commented on Twitter on that post and replied and said, hey, actually, you know, they invested in Verizon in the 90s or some sort of information that was valuable to the reporter, right? So Eric is helping this person without asking anything in return. The reporter says, oh my gosh, great, thank you. 10 minutes later, Eric has a DM from this reporter saying, hey, Eric, we'd like to do a piece about Warren Buffett. Would you mind commenting? Eric said, sure. One week later, there was an article in Business Insider that says Eric Schlein analyzes the Warren Buffett Verizon deal. And there was an entire article in Business Insider that started with Eric Schlein, the host of the Intelligent Investor podcast with a link to the show, says blah, 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 blah. So how long would it take you, do you think, to be featured in Business Insider if you were just cold pitching journalists compared to this? two, three weeks. So I know that was a lot. I totally went on a crazy rant. That is the entire framework. That's it. Like I'm not holding anything back here. If you go start to do those four things, 
15 minutes a day, do one of those four things, right? Go into the Facebook group boarding holes, go onto hashtags, uh, interact with your Dream 100 on Facebook or, or on any social media platform and interact with the other podcasters and bloggers and journalists who cover your area without asking anybody for anything your audience will start to grow 50, 100, sometimes 200% every single month just by doing that 15 minutes a day. Wow, that's really incredible. And I just wanted to say that that uh, you're not holding anything back. And I really appreciate you sharing all these great tips. Of uh, course. Really, yeah, really, really useful. And you know what I, what I hear is basically uh, you are engaging with people, building relationships, you're becoming a value in those communities. And I had this very specific experience with Podcasters Paradise because I've been part of that community and uh, they have a Facebook group. And, you know, I was very engaged because first and foremost, I had a very specific goal, you know, starting and growing my podcast. And I had a lot of questions back then about podcasting. And I was spending at least half an hour, maybe also one hour a day, you know, interacting with people, asking questions. And later on, I was also giving some advice for those who were just starting their podcast. So people started looking at me as a, as a, I would say kind of like authority in the Facebook group. Cause I, I spent kind of like one year there and, uh, I can definitely see that as a value. So you're becoming a value of that to that community. So, and people are giving value, be helpful without asking or expecting anything in return, and you will get 10x in return compared to when people are just like, please listen to my show and nobody listens to it. And they will check you out and you have the profile or the cover image, grow the show, so on and so forth. So valuable. Kevin, another thing that you talk a lot about is monetization, but I would highly recommend to the listeners that they check out your show and your content when it comes to monetizing the show. I first and foremost, wanted to talk about how to grow and you've shared a lot of great tips. And um, is there anything that you would like to add to this concept of growing a show? Like, uh, I know you've mentioned a lot of great things, but maybe just one tip that really moved the needle for you when it comes to growing the show. I would just double down on engagement, man. Like, honestly, keep it simple. Just do that 15 minutes a day and don't worry about anything else and start there. And if you if you start to see your numbers rise, which you should, if you start to see them rise, then that means that you have figured you've gotten podcast market fit, right? You know who your listener is, you're adding value, they're starting to check out the show and you're starting to get that upward growth. And that is when consistency and patience comes into play. But if you're flatlined, then that means we have work to do and understand and start doing the engagement or are we engaging in the right watering holes? Because is, there is a little bit of trial and error to it. And so I actually would like say, no, I don't want to add anything else. Let's keep it simple and just start with the daily engagement and just go with that and start there. That's great. That's great. Amazing. And before I ask my last question, tell the listeners what's the best way to connect with you. And also if they want to work with you, maybe they want to grow their show and monetize their show. What's the best way to learn more about you? I do have a free masterclass online. It is, you know, one of those things where I ask for your email, um, but it is, I have been told it is the most valuable and action-packed uh, masterclass online. And it's like that for a reason, just like how I just gave you my entire targeted daily engagement framework right here and now. Uh, that masterclass walks through my entire framework for starting, creating, growing, and monetizing a podcast. Um, there's four main steps to it. It's about an hour and 10 minutes long, uh, and it is just 100%. Here's how you do it. We don't hold anything back. At the end of it, I talk about the program. If you're interested in like coaching and accountability and editing services and stuff like that, then you can you know watch that. But you can also just tune out after 50 minutes and you know take the value and go. 
So that's at growtheshow.com slash masterclass. Um, and then I would just invite folks to listen to the Grow the Show podcast. And like I said before, uh, through that show, you'll find out how to get in touch with me further, join the Facebook group, join the email list, get help from other podcasters, that sort of thing. So if you just search Grow the Show in your podcast apps, I should come up. Uh, and if you want to take the next step, you can go to growtheshow.com slash masterclass. Uh, and you'll get another 60 minutes of me screaming about how you can <laughs> grow and monetize your podcast. Yeah, that's amazing. And I highly recommend the uh, podcast and the masterclass as well because I watched it. So it's, it's a great masterclass. Thanks for sharing those links. And all the links are going to be in the show notes and available on our website, podcastingforinfluence.com. That's podcastingforinfluence.com. And my last question is basically, what are some of the things, maybe projects that you're most excited about in the future? I am all in on Grow the Show. I'm a big believer in keep it simple. And once you have something that's working, the biggest opportunity is to actually say no to literally everything else. With the exception being Philly Who coming back because I'm just excited to continue to serve that audience that got me here. But yeah, no more projects for me, man. I'm doing nothing but grow the show, nothing but helping independent podcasters grow and monetize for the next like five years <laughs> if it keeps up at this pace. So literally nothing else. This is my only mission. So grow the show is it. <laughs> Absolutely. Be specific and be focused. Kevin, That's thank right. you so much for being on the show. It's been a pleasure. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Podcasting for Influence podcast. If you feel inspired to hang out with other like-minded entrepreneurs, influencers, and podcasters, make sure to join the Podcasting for Influence community at mindsethorizon.com forward slash community. That's mindsethorizon.com forward slash community. If you want to check out the details, show notes, tips, and free resources, make sure to visit our website, podcastingforinfluence.com. That's podcastingforinfluence.com. I really hope this episode's been highly valuable to you. I hope to welcome you next time. And until then, be influential, my friend.